Hi, this is Jake Turner for the Turning Points Podcast. This is your home for the best guest, Calvin Watkins, sports writer for The Athletic, about to make his debut for BobMcGannFootball.com. He is Mark Eckel, and it is Matt Lombardo. He's the Giants reporter for NJ Advanced Media. From Locked on Chiefs Podcast and Chiefs Digest, he is Chris Clark. And the best takes you won't find anywhere else. I told you from the beginning that it was a stretch for the Packers to win 10 games this year. This Find this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's time to get to the turning point of the sports world. Well, I can't believe I was saying this, but I actually thought that the Monday Night Football game with the Bears and the Seahawks was great. Maybe it's just because I like defensive football, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I really liked it when the Bears got six sacks and uh, Trubisky was able to get those two touchdowns. I mean, I don't get why people are so mad about over that game. Was it a little boring? Eh, a little bit, but I was just happy that the right team got the win. In fact, one of my good friends is a Bears fan himself. He is actually Ray Flores, boxing commentator for FS1 and Premier Boxing Champions. And he's also going to dissect with us uh, the Triple G uh, Canelo fight here. So, Ray, first off, uh, how do you feel right now as a Bears fan? I'm excited, Jake. I, I really am. I think this is the most optimism I've had in quite some time. This is a team that is built on defense, and they have a, a very good, I mean, what a wonderful foundation they have, and Khalil Mack has been better than advertised. You know, obviously, we, you know, the Bears fell to the Packers in week one. I mean, but again, as you know, being a Packers fan, if Aaron Rodgers has a pulse, you cannot count him out. But that was a good learning experience for the team, and, and I'm very excited moving forward. Do you think Khalil Mack was the final piece of the puzzle, or do you think there's still work to be done? I think the wide receivers need to perform at a higher level. But other than that, I mean, the I think Khalil Mack can be that final puzzle. Either that final piece, it all depends on Mitchell Trubisky. That's the bottom line. If Trubisky is good, this is going to be a very, very good football team. If he's mediocre, they'll be a good football team. But there's a difference in terms of making the playoffs and making a run, I believe, they can make a run, but the jury's still out on Trubisky. I think we could definitely say that, too, about the Triple G Can- uh, Canelo fight. Uh, you were on Jonathan Hood's Under the Hood podcast last week, and you were talking about, you know, Canelo, what could this fight do for him? So first off, how big of a win was this for Canelo? Enormous. I mean, this is a signature victory for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a fight that will define his career. Do differently. Well, Jake, the thing is, he walked down Gennady Golovkin. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy that, coming into the fight, and we thought the consensus was Canelo Alvarez was going to have to be more the boxer, he's going to be leaner, he's going to be faster, and he was going to use his boxing ability. But it was the opposite. Canelo Alvarez came and he, he just decided to fight Gennady Golovkin. He was throwing a ton of punches, power shots, and really bringing it from the opening bell. So that's what surprised people, and, it, and myself included, in terms of how he came forward and was walking down Gennady Golovkin. What point in the fight did you feel that Canelo won this fight? I don't think... I had Triple G winning the fight 7-5. Okay, so let me why? preface it, Jake, in saying that I could see it going either way. 
So I had seven to five Gennady Golovkin. I could have seen a draw. I could have seen seven to five for Canelo Alvarez. So that's what I thought. I don't think Canelo won the fight. I thought Triple G won it, but it wasn't a robbery. As you have seen in boxing over the past few years, when there's a robbery, I mean, it really puts a, a black mark on the sport. But with this fight, it was like, okay, you could see 7-5 to five for Golovkin. I thought so. I could see 7-5 to five for Canelo. So I wasn't upset about the decision whatsoever. So it wasn't as egregious as the first fight then? No. I, and the first fight should have gone to Golovkin. I have it 1-1 mm -hmm. now. I thought Golovkin won the first fight. Canelo won this one. So I say let's do it again. Let's let's have a third fight to finally go ahead and, and settle the score. And they both pose the best financial opportunities to each other. What do you mean by the financial? What I mean is they're not neither guy is gonna make anywhere near the money mm -hmm. that they can make with the exception of each other. So with if Canelo Alvarez were to fight David Lemieux in December that's being rumored, he's mm -hmm. not gonna make even half of what he could make if he fought Golovkin a third time. Now, that fight's not going to happen at the end of the year. I see a third fight happening in May of next year. It's a smart business decision for Golovkin. It's a smart business decision for Canelo. They both, both sides have worked together. It'll be, it, I mean, it's just an easy fight to make. And everyone gets paid just ridiculous amounts of money because the first two fights were fantastic. There will be a demand for a third one, and it probably will eclipse the pay-per-view buys of the second one. He's Ray Flores, a boxing commentator for FS1 and Premier Boxing Champions, joining us here on Turning Points. And uh, Ray, so, I mean, Golovkin comes in undefeated. This is his first loss, and a lot of writers right now are kind of now throwing him to the side and saying, oh, maybe he's not as big and as popular as he used to be. So, I mean, what does this do for Golovkin now if they do have a third fight? Look, Golovkin is battling father time, Jake. That's what's mm -hmm. happening. He's battling age. He's 36 years of age. He is starting to slow down a little bit. He's going to have to just stay sharp because he's dealing with the fact that he's fighting younger guys, fresher guys, more powerful guys. That's what he's going to have to deal with on a consistent basis. So Golovkin is really going to have to battle you know, the aging process because he started to show some effects of getting a little bit older in the second fight. So what does that mean? For, so, I mean, why should Golovkin have another fight with Canelo then? I mean, he's, you know, he's had a draw, he's had a loss, and, I mean, is it a time to move on? I don't think it's time for him to move on just yet because I think the jury's still out on, on this, this rivalry. I think Golovkin would want one more fight with Canelo. I think Canelo is all about another fight with Golovkin because of, you know, the dollars and cents. It makes the most, it's just logical for them to collide against one another. So I think Golovkin will probably have a stay busy fight and then they'll start talking with Canelo's camp about, you know, Cinco de Mayo next year. You talk about dollars and incentives. I don't think anything has uh, really impacted your career than what Curtis Harper did. Ray, you were doing this fight that night. What was uh, going through your head when you saw Curtis Harper leave the ring? It was so bizarre, Jake. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my career. The fact that the bell rang, the guy will walk immediately to steps out of the ring and starts walking to the back. 
I was I was flustered. I was blown away. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever witnessed in being in part of the sport of boxing. You know, this guy didn't throw a punch. He just left. He abandoned the fight, and you know, the the fans were upset. I mean, it was just so bizarre. Was Curtis was he a challenger? Well, the thing is, this is a this was a fight where. The guy who's fighting FHI Chaco was a, was a prospect. So he was, fight, he was fighting a guy that's 5-0 and with five knockouts. And Curtis Harper is kind of a journeyman, but, you know, had a reputable record. So this just came out of left field. So, I mean, it keeps going on, you know, money-wise. How much money was he truly getting for this fight? I heard he he said $6,000. And honestly, for fighting a prospect, huh? that's pretty good money. And I know people are going to say that's that's too little, but fighting a prospect in a in a four round fight or six round fight that's pretty decent money for for a journeyman. So I mean, look, there are different levels to boxing, and and this is not you know hundred thousand dollar et cetera et cetera. But you know, it was just you know I, I honestly believe that he was just you know trying to prove a point. What was the point he was trying to prove? He's trying to prove a point as to, like, you know, I don't think I'm getting paid enough. I'm going to show you guys the promoter. But the thing is, Jake, when you sign a contract, put your name on the dotted line, you know exactly what you're doing. He, he just made a, a very bad decision. I think you will be forever ostracized from the sport of boxing. Probably the Vontae Davis of boxing, I guess, huh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean synergy. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is a guy that quit, and I think that the business is going to quit on him. Is there any repercussions for him coming uh, going forward into this? Like, is he going to lose opportunities at fights? Or, I mean, are we going to see Curtis Harper again? I would be shocked if we do, because you can't, you can't trust him. The guy, I mean, if he would have taken a couple punches and then, you know, laid down or whatever the case would be, okay, the guy comes to fight. But now, you as a promoter cannot trust this guy to do his job. And you're going to put X amount of dollars into putting on a heavyweight fight, which is not easy. And you could potentially see this guy walk out of the ring again. You can't risk that. And now he has everyone terrified as to what he might do next if he were to be booked on a fight. What if he doesn't walk out of the locker room? What if he doesn't? What if he walks out again? You cannot trust him. It's too much of a liability. He's Ray Flores, boxing commentator for FS1 and uh, Premier Boxing Champions joining us here on Turning Points. Uh, Ray, speaking about trust, and I mean, this is something that I, I can't even believe is even possible, but are we... What, what's going to happen if we have Pacquiao versus Mayweather again? It'll be a big financial fight. I mean, I know we keep talking about money standpoint, Jake, but mm -hmm. look, they're two of the biggest stars in boxing history. There will be a demand for it, even from the casual side. Uh, Mayweather is going to be risking his O again, so there is you know anticipation on that front. Pacquiao has looked solid in recent fights. He beat Lucas Matisse, who's no small task, so Pacquiao's still rocking. I think there is interest. I mean, I legitimately think there's interest. I know that they're both Mayweather's in his 40s, Pacquiao late 30s. The first fight wasn't 
human standpoint, I think a second fight, based on the fact that Mayweather is now into his 40s, I think will be better than the first one. I think Mayweather still wins the decision, but I think it's a very compelling matchup. So who needs this fight more? What is what? Who needs this fight more? I think Pacquiao needs this fight. And honestly, Mayweather Mayweather can't be messing around because he's undefeated. And for him to take a loss to Pacquiao at this stage of his career would be, I don't even, like from an ego standpoint, I don't know if he can handle it. What do you mean by that? Mayweather is predicated himself on TBE 50-0, the O, having that goose egg. If he were to lose to Pacquiao, it would drive him insane. And the, it's almost like 50-0 beating the beggar, almost a billionaire, you know, right off into the sunset. And, mm-hmm. and he's done a wonderful job of, you know, with his career, him and Al Heyman and his entire management team. But if he were to lose at this stage of his career, Jake, I, I mean, it would be such a big blow to Mayweather. That's why I think this fight, I, I'm excited for the second fight because of what is on the line. If Packer were to defeat Mayweather a second time, it would be it would be earth-shattering. I've been hearing a lot of rumors about Pacquiao. I mean, I hear that he's in financial trouble. So, I mean, will this fight be able to bring him back financially, or is this just more about beating Mayweather? You know, this is a fight financially for him. I, I see I see uh, Pacquiao making over $100 million in this fight, and oh, will be well for Manny. So, I, I mean, I honestly believe that that would be... That that is what is driving this from both standpoints. Mayweather just because he's bored and you know he wants to test himself again. Pacquiao, it's financial. So it sounds like we got the grumpy old men matchup possibly coming up soon here. What is a future matchup that you want to see in boxing? What do you think could really spark up another Canelo Triple G kind of type uh, balance? Jake, I'm glad you asked me that question because there are a lot of good fights that are out there that, that hopefully will happen as we head towards you know, 20, the end of 2018, early 2019. Potential Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury matchup mm-hmm. for the heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, Fury is, is undefeated. He's back after over a two-year layoff because of substance abuse issues. Uh, Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, a potential... Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua fight, Joshua fight, Alexander Povetkin coming up on Saturday, Wembley Stadium. You also have, you know, a potential matchup with, you know, Errol Spence and Sean Porter. You know, they're both champions in the welterweight division. Keith Thurman is back. I'd love to see Spence against Thurman or maybe a Porter-Thurman rematch. Uh, what is Mikey Garcia going to do? Is he going to fight Vasily Lomachenko? Is he going to go up to 147? and fight Errol Spence. Uh, so many different, you know, matchups out there. Also, Leo Santa Cruz, Gary Russell Jr. at 126. That is a heck of a fun matchup in the featherweight division. Both guys are champions, so there are a lot of fun fights to be had as we, you know, wind down the year and head towards next year. Final question. So you think boxing is on the up now, thanks to Canelo and Triple G? I think boxing has been in a healthy state, Jake, for a long, long time. Okay. Uh, the past several years, I mean, you're getting, you 
landmark deals. You know, Fox and FS1 just signed a deal with Premier Boxing Champions. Premier Boxing Champions signed a deal with Showtime. ESPN has made a seven-year commitment to top-ranked boxing. Holy. You have a new online network, The Zone, which is showing fights from Matchroom Boxing, which is, you know, led by Eddie Hearn. This is a great time for the sport, and I think it is in such a healthy place with young, up-and-coming talent. You know, fights are on Facebook now. Showtime has been very adamant about putting stuff on social media, on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is a great time for the sport. He's Ray Flores, boxing commentator for FS1 and Premier Boxing Champions. Ray, thanks for joining us here on Turning Points. Uh, it gave us a really a lot to think about here with boxing going forward, and I'm just glad to hear that there is a bright future for the sport. Always a pleasure, Jake. Keep up the great work, man. All right, thank you. All right, that was Ray Flores, boxing commentator for FS1, Premier Boxing Champions. Man, I, you know, I watched that Triple G Canelo fight. I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings with a good friend of mine, and I, I felt like Triple G won it in a split decision. But I'm happy for Canelo winning, and I'm also excited to to see all these other sp fights that he talked about. So uh, we'll dissect into that more here as Turning Points continues. Uh, coming up, I'm going to tell you why. This football player needs to he needs to pretty much leave right now, and his name's not Josh Gordon. That's all coming up next. This is Turning Points on Die Hard Sports Radio. The headline for this fight should be Legend Kills. This is 